Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, everybody. I am your boy Jay Rich. Happy to be here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I had to make sure everything was going. I had to make sure everything was rolling. I couldn't see the comments. I was freaking out a little bit, but I'm here. I'm so excited to be here today. This is Wake Up with Ray G, presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you use the promo code Wake Up for a 100% deposit match up to $100. Thank you guys so much for being here. I see everybody in the building. I see Ray here, Ty here, Mike's here, Cockra's here, Dynasty Berry's here, Fizzle Dollars, who dropped a little rap for me this morning. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm excited to be here hosting my very first show. Ray is dealing with an Achilles injury, as you guys all know. He got surgery yesterday, feeling better, but I know I had to do it. I wore him down. It took enough time, and finally, he gave me the keys. He said, you know what, Jay? I think you're ready. I think you're ready to finally handle your own show, and here I am today for you, the people, to do my own show. There's a lot of news to break down. We had Deshaun Watson suspension come down yesterday. We had the toilet bowl between the Seahawks and the Bears yesterday. We'll see what happens, but overall, happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for being here. I am super excited. You know, this is show could go off the rails. We're going to do the news first. We're going to do Q&A after that, so I'll get your comments up on the screen. But let's get into your favorite segment, your boys' segment, Straight Facts. Alright, so as you guys know, Deshaun Watson suspended 11 games. The settlement was reached between Deshaun Watson, the NFLPA, and the NFL. 11 games, $5 million fine. My goodness. Um, I'm just glad this is over, honestly. It feels like we've been waiting for this forever. Deshaun Watson finally suspended 11 games, $5 million fine. I think it's one of the biggest fines the NFL's ever given out to a player but realistically, a drop in the bucket for Deshaun Watson. Now, what we're looking at is Deshaun Watson will be available against Houston Week 13. But, you know, outside of just the mere fact that he's finally suspended, you know, the Browns can move on. We can move on. How do we feel about this overall? What are you guys thinking about Deshaun Watson? Because we talked last show, we talked about how, is he top 12? Is he top 14? Is he top 15? I don't know. Like, the thing, my biggest thing last time was, are we going to see Deshaun Watson play this season? Because if you don't see him play, then you don't have the ability to say, okay, this is where he can go. This is where he's going to be. This is what we expect from him going forward. And that for me is one of the biggest issues with Watson but yet, or on Wednesday. But today we know he's suspended for 11 games. We know we're going to see him back against Houston. Would you sell him for two first round picks? Would you even draft him? In redraft, I think you got to go full fade. But I'm someone in Dynasty that's been holding forever, man. I have a team 
Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Justin Jefferson, Russell Wilson, loaded, ready to roll for a championship. And I've been waiting on Deshaun Watson forever. But Texans, Brown, Texans Browns is going to be a really interesting game. Pretty sure it's on primetime. Zach saying he would easily sell for two firsts. I don't know, man. Two firsts? Is that enough? Do you guys think he's top 10? Can he be a top 10 quarterback? We talked about how we think he's top five. This was back, you know, March and uh, into April, May. Still believe in Deshaun Watson can be a top five quarterback. But if he's not playing at all till week 11, are you going to wait for that hype to build up? Wait for that hype to kind of get back to where it can be and then sell. That's, that's the biggest problem, right? I don't know what we do with some of these guys because there's so much uncertainty with Deshaun Watson. Is he going to look good? Preseason didn't look good, but the good thing is, is that he is suspended as of August 30th, so we will see him probably in this next game and the following week, but what do we do in Dynasty? That's the biggest question for me right now, because as much as I love Deshaun Watson, think he's a great player, terrible person, great player, I'm glad we can move on from the suspension and, and think about what are we going to do with this guy? Are we going to value him? Would you draft him in a startup? Because now you're just waiting for him to come back at this point. You know he's spending 11 games. He'll pay his fine, whatever. He's also got some, you know, counseling he has to go to, all that shit, whatever. We're not worried about that. We're talking about how do we value this guy going forward. We know that the Browns are a clusterfuck, to say the least, when it comes to the organization overall. But now that Watson is going to potentially be there week 11, or sorry, week 13, how, what do we do with him? I think for me, right, I think you have to look at him as a top 12 guy. And the reason why is because he's going to be back this season. I mean, what are the chances he doesn't put up 300 yards against Houston? Like, let's just be honest here. He's a guy who, as much as we thought a season was possible, he could come back week, week 13 and just blow up Houston. Houston's not a good team. They're not. And so at that point, I think I would be looking to sell Deshaun Watson. If, he, if we sit on him till week 13, he comes out, blows up against Houston, I think you could probably sell him for a lot. And so for me, that's kind of where I'm at with some of these guys. And, and yeah, so Jay's saying this as well. We saw this kind of come up. The 11 games to, was really puzzling to a lot of people. And the main reason why is because why 11? What, what, what is this 11 game threshold? And it has to do apparently with contracts and the way they're structured. And this kind of goes back to Josh Gordon being a rookie or on a rookie contract for like six years. Because you have to play a minimum of six games to count a year of eligibility for your season. Now, this is a rule that's much more present in baseball when it comes to arbitration and things like that. But for the NFL, you have to play six games. And so the biggest thing is that if they spend them for 12 games, the problem is that next season, he would be under contract for a million dollars. So the Browns would have that cap relief heading into next season instead of paying him the $46 million that he is owed. So I think this is part of the issue here with Deshaun Watson. What's Ray saying here down in the broadcast? He's saying Allen Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar, Burrow for sure over him now. You can talk Kyler, maybe Lance Hurts if he gets extended, maybe. Now, Ray, I think that's your cutoff point. We talked about, you know, eight, nine quarterbacks. Would you take Russell Wilson over him? Would you take Justin Fields? Would you take Trevor Lawrence? Probably not now because you know that you're going to see him this season. And that, to me, makes a big difference. If you see him for six weeks and he looks good, there's a really good shot that he gets that value back to be a top five guy. And that's why I'm not instantly selling him on this news. I do think there's a good shot that he can come back and be very productive on this Browns team. Now, I still think they're going to run a lot. But at the end of the day, I believe that what we're seeing right now is two things. Precedent has been reset for sexual assault allegations cases in the NFL, and that's really important. Not all guys can afford a $5 million fine now. 
But the biggest thing, Ray's checking out this is the Jay Rich show. So thank you, Ray, for, or thank you, Troy, for being here. Happy to have you. But I think the biggest thing, right, is like you see precedent been reset. Oh, Mike, top, Lance, top five? I don't know about that. I don't know about top five. But again, precedent's been reset in the NFL, which is important. And on top of that, we do see the suspension more so than what we're looking for with the sixth game. So I am happy to see that. But let's get into yesterday's game, the toilet bowl between the Bears and the Seahawks. Um, it was god-awful. I don't know if you guys watched it. I, it was bad. I just I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. But Justin Fields, week one, or week two, sorry, of preseason, he looked all right. Um, you know, five for seven, 37 yards, or 39 yards, one carry for nine yards. I mean, the biggest story here is the pocket. The pocket for Justin Fields is non-existent. It's it's really bad, man. It's it's really bad. And so uh, I got to give a shout-out to Annie Agar. She, she posted this on Twitter yesterday. The Bears O-line, and it's a picture of Twitter saying, you aren't blocking anyone. And that is a literal description of what it looked like. Every single play that Fields was out there, he was literally running for his life. Literally running for his life. And he and thank God he's a mobile quarterback, because if he wasn't, he would be in big trouble. And so, you know, you talk about two teams that are projecting to be two of the worst in all of football. It's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. Ray's saying it here too. The Bears defense is looking, or the Bears are looking bad. I mean, it's it's not looking good, man. As far as I'm concerned, what do we do with these teams? You know, I've people call me the Justin Fields hater. Everyone says, "Oh, Jay Rich, you're Justin Fields hater." Justin Fields hater. I I hope you guys are really seeing what I've been trying to say for months now. It has nothing to do with Justin Fields, the quarterback. You saw what he was able to do in limited action. What I was happy to see, he wasn't just running the ball and running for yards. He was actually trying to find guys to throw the ball to. And that's important because sometimes you see these running quarterbacks come out there and they don't look like they're trying to throw the ball. You know, first read isn't there. Boom, they take off. Justin Fields is making a concerted effort to stay in the pocket, use his mobility to move around in the pocket, relocate the pocket, roll out if he has to, use that play action, and try to find open receivers. We saw him hit Cole Komet twice in a great, great set. You know, you saw Darnell Mooney come across the line of scrimmage. They faked to him. They hit Cole Komet up down the sideline. So I was happy to see a few things from the Bears, but unfortunately... Only one series from Justin Fields. That's why we have the limited production. But I was excited to see how they ultimately used those guys overall. Darnell Mooney saw one target on a little bubble screen, made some guys miss six yards. And then on top of that, you know, we'll see what happens overall. But we saw a little bit from the offense. Are, how are they going to look overall? I don't know. Uh, Tristan Ebner did leave with an ankle injury towards the end of the second half. So hopefully he's all right. Or end of the first half, sorry. So hopefully he's okay. But outside of that, I didn't see much from the Bears. To be honest, you know, Ray's talking about Velas Jones is fast. Yeah, he was fast. He's running with the second team. You know, we talked about Darnell Mooney, Equinemius, St. Brown, kind of the starters for now. Byron Pringle probably also going to be in the mix. And then we'll see if Velas Jones can work himself in. Kick return looks super fast. Running deep routes, he looks super fast. Um, he also caught a few short passes as well. But, you know, I think another small story, not, not a big story here, is the combination of Travis Homer and DJ Dallas for Seattle. We didn't see any Ken Walker. He got his hernia surgery. He's out for the preseason. We didn't see, uh, we saw a lot of Geno Smith, the whole first half of Geno Smith, 10 for 18, 112 yards. Outside of a deep pass to Penny Hart, he didn't look very good. But part of it too was the offense. The offense just didn't really look the way they should. A lot of people are saying in the comments, commit season. I'm kind of with you, man. I'm kind of with you. The way they used him, he got the first play. It was a tight end screen off to the right side. Got a couple yards there, made some guys miss, and they caught the, the deeper pass down the sideline. He looks pretty good. And so for me, the way I see it right now, again, it's Fields. It's Darnell Mooney. Maybe you see some Tristan Ebner. But, I mean, David Montgomery, who didn't play yesterday, 
and Cole Komet. Like, I don't know what else you guys are looking for here, but again, it comes down to that offensive line. The offensive line is just putrid, like just putrid. I don't know how they're going to make it happen. They need to make guys around them. Roquan Smith didn't play. Obviously, he's holding out. But yeah, Ray talking about it in the comments here. Travis Homer and DJ Dallas, they both looked good. Travis Homer made an excellent play on a cutback. You know, the initial hole wasn't there. Cut it back. Broke like three tackles. Looked pretty good. And then you talk about DJ Dallas, another guy who could factor into this offense a little bit. Caught a little wheel route down the sideline. You know, to be fair, the coverage completely missed him out of the backfield. It was, it was encouraging, to say the least, from those guys. Two guys who no one expects to do anything. It's all Rashad Penny, and it's all Ken Walker. But these guys are going to be factors in the offense. And if they're the only guys that are healthy, we've seen them get run before. So I'm not trying to say that they're going to be stalwarts in this offense, but they could definitely be a larger part than maybe we're willing to give them credit for. And we saw that in this preseason game. They played a lot. Don't get me wrong. They played a lot, but I think we may see them more than people were expecting. And you should at least have them on your radar, potentially because of what could happen if these injuries continue to pile up for the Seattle backfield. Now, the other story that was kind of interesting was Tom Brady. Tom Brady has been absent for a couple days now. And Todd Bowles was asked about Tom Brady saying, you know, when's Tom coming back? It's August 19th. The season starts in three weeks. Where's Tom Brady at? And he was asked the question, and he said, his comment was, we'll see. We'll talk about it next week. I'm not concerned about it right now. And then he further commented, there's no definitive date for me. We'll keep in touch and find out. I don't know where you guys are at with Tom Brady. I'm not fully concerned right now, but I think there's a world where maybe we should be a little concerned. Now, I don't think he's going to miss the first game or anything. I think he's going to be back for the games, but... You don't really want any quarterback to come in a little bit rusty, a little bit rusty, not, not super rusty, but in my opinion, you know, you want to see Tom Brady, at least at practice a little bit, getting the chemistry with some of these guys. That to me is kind of where I think we could really see some issues early in the season. You know, we know Mike Evans is going to be good. We, we hope that Russell Gage can be good, but there's some new pieces in this offense that need to be acclimated and without Tom Brady being there, that doesn't help the offense, right? We may see a ton of Tom Brady to Mike Evans early in the year. That's just where my head's at. And so I'm curious if you guys are worried about this for fantasy football purposes, redraft purposes. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be missing any games personally, but you know, he, he did retire before. Now he wanted to go to Miami and that's a whole different conversation, but I don't think that he's going to miss any games, but it was interesting to see Todd Bowles, whether it was coach speak, whether it was her, him just not wanting to say what's really going on, but it was very cryptic, the response from Todd Bowles about Tom Brady potentially coming back. He could have said it, I think, in a different way that would have been a little bit better, you know, like just just my opinion, but I think Tom Brady's going to be back. I'm not worried about him overall, but, you know, you hope that he can at least come back for a little bit and get some guys to be acclimated in the offense, get on, get on schedule with all these guys outside of Mike Evans because they're going to need that for sure this season. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was the Buffalo Bills, right? We talked about how we hope James Cook can be a thing. We think Devlin Singletary can have a role. And then out of nowhere, some dude named Zach Moss decided he was going to become a piece in this offense. And everyone, I think I wasn't the only one caught off guard by this, to see that Zach Moss is apparently working in with these guys. And I'm just like, what the hell, man? How is it that Zach Moss, who, I mean, I don't, I, for Ray and I have been off Zach Moss for a long time, a very long time saying he's not going to be any good. You know, he looked fine at Utah, Pac-12, blah, blah, blah. Super slow, don't want him. And all of a sudden, he's working in with the ones, potentially going to be a three-headed backfield in Buffalo. 
Does that mean that Devin Singletary is going to get less work? Does that mean James Cook not going to get the work we hoped he would get? Oh, man, it just sucks. But on the bright side, for the people who have been buying up Gabe Davis like crazy, there was a report that he could see upwards of 90% of snaps this season for the Buffalo Bills. You know, the Buffalo Bills run a lot of three wide receiver sets, and obviously Gabe Davis being on the field a lot would be great for fantasy. Regardless of if he's getting all the targets, I think there's a world where he does see a ton of work this season. And more importantly, getting on the field is conducive to scoring fantasy points, and that's what we like to see. Jesus Christ, Ray, what is this guy doing? In the building, $100 super chat saying I'm kicking ass. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is my only source of income is the super chat. So Ray is paying the bills today. So thank you, Ray. I appreciate you. You know, I appreciate you, bro. Um, I'll give you a little something, something that I prepared. Let's ride, ride, baby. Let's ride. Thank you. Appreciate that, Ray. Um, But now I do want to get into the Q&A portion because I did say that I was going to be dedicating some time for you guys for this show. We're going to do some Q&A here. What are some of the questions that you guys are looking for today what are the questions you want answered i am here for the people i said no time limit on this show i said no time limit as long as you guys want to roll today i will be rolling i will be having fun we'll be talking about all these various things whatever you want open communication whatever you guys want to talk about football basketball for mike anderson whatever you guys want do okay tyler first question all right let's go this is actually a fun one do you or do you not own a canadian tuxedo um tyler i'm sorry to report that i do not i do not own a canadian tuxedo thank god that would be uh that'd be a little embarrassing you know to my american friends who are out there but i do not own a canadian tuxedo but i am thinking of purchasing one for a wedding so do with that information what you will mike anderson's asking me what do you have lance ranked now hopefully he's asking me where in terms of uh my ranking overall that's tough though. Um, you know, back when I was disparaging Trey Lance a little bit and people decided to get on me about that, I had him probably about 12 to 13. And it's not to say that he doesn't deserve to be higher. I'm fully on board with if you want to put him at eight, put him at seven, put him at six is probably a little high for me. But, you know, people have him around eight, nine, ten. I don't think I would go there. And it just comes down to is like, I think that you see a guy like Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance, and there's just, there is still downside for these guys, and I think that people need to remember that a little bit. People need to remember that there is still downside. These guys aren't necessarily locked and loaded guaranteed, but they do have very high floors because of their rushing, and that's important for fantasy, so that to me is kind of the biggest thing here. Where would I rank them? I still think, I still know if I put them over, the biggest problem is that like, I'm a guy who pays for production. I don't necessarily pay for upside, right? So, for me, that's the biggest problem right now is that if I wanted a guy like my man, Russell Wilson, let's rock. I, it's difficult for me to say that I would take Trey Lance over him because I'm just very confident in what I'm going to get from Russell Wilson this season. But I understand if you want to go the Trey Lance route because he's so young, because he plays in a great offense, because he has a bunch of weapons around him, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell. There's a lot of things to like there in that offense, so I don't hate it. But again, I still think I don't have him in the top 10. Ricardo's asking, what is a Canadian's tuxedo? It's basically just denim, head to toe. Jacket, if you want to get a little shirt, denim shirt. And of course, the jeans. Maybe you throw on a little denim hat just to complete the set. That's what a Canadian tuxedo is. Chris. Chris is saying he's inspired by Ray. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you shouting me out. Appreciate the money because I need it, to be honest. I don't get paid any other way, but I do appreciate that. So thank you so much for that. 
Does Pitt's development as a blocker going forward help his overall fantasy perspective? Um, no. Honestly, Damon, I don't think so. I don't want Kyle Pitts to block. But there was something I saw on Twitter, and I forget who it was from. I wish I could credit them. You just see things on Twitter. You don't necessarily know who it comes from when you talk about it later. But Kyle Pitts apparently ran like 16% of his routes um, from, or 16% of his snaps were in line. And in the preseason so far, he's been in line for about 50 to 60% of his snaps. So that's important because people need to realize that when he's split out wide, he's up against slot corners, he's up against real corners or safeties. But when he's in line, he has a better shot of going up against a linebacker or a slower safety, and that's going to provide a greater mismatch for Kyle Pitts. So even though he get, becomes a better blocker, it helps, but I do want to just see him running routes out there. It's Is he going to be in line more is really, to me, the better question because I don't want him to block. I don't care if he blocks. He can be a better blocker all all day, twice on Sundays, but no one's drafting to kill Harry in fantasy just because he can block. We need these guys to produce in fantasy. And so for me, I am looking at Kyle Pitts to be the guy who can overall just be a dominant tight end. And so for me, that's what I'm looking for today. Pickens or Jamison Williams in dynasty. This is, um, okay. So this is actually more of a dynasty philosophy type of question for me. I honestly think that Jamison Williams can be a better wide receiver, but the market sentiment says there's no way in hell you're taking Jamison Williams over George Pickens. And it's because George Pickens is like, he's the guy right now. I don't care if it's Brees Hall, no, no disrespect to Miss McDaniel, who was in the chat earlier, maybe she's still here. But Pickens is that guy right now. Pickens is the dude that everybody wants on their roster. He's the new hotness. He's the guy that everyone wants to draft. Everyone says, oh, he's going to be the Steelers wide receiver one. I mean, not this year. They still got Deontay Johnson after all. They still re-signed him. Chase Claypool is probably gone, but Pickens could be that dude. And we talked about it. We talked about how I believe that George Pickens can be that dude. Maybe the wide receiver one definitely could be the wide receiver two as early as this season. But again, how do you take a guy like Jamison Williams, as good as I, as talented as I believe that he can be, as talented as I believe he is, he's still not going to play. And so you're losing that value week after week after week while George Pickens is out there going over people's shoulders, pushing off, breaking people's ankles out there. So that's the biggest problem is that for me, I think you have to take Pickens because Pickens is going to accure value while Jamison Williams is losing value on the sidelines being injured. And so what's this next one here from Marlon? If Jalen Hurts gets extended, who would you rather have for the next three years, Hurts or Russ? Um, okay, Marlon, I'm going to cop out here because it really depends on how Jalen Hurts looks this season. And I think that's the, the biggest point here. Uh, we're waiting on an extension from Russ as well, right? So Russ is still pending an extension and Hertz has his extension. So, or Hertz waiting for his extension, hopefully after this season, I think the answer is Hertz because if Hertz gets an extension, he probably had a pretty good year. And so I'm kind of using that caveat to say, if Hertz gets an extension, he probably had a pretty good year, at which point definitely I'd be willing to take him over Russ. Um, you're just basically trading the age, right? Trading the age, a guy who can be a little bit more mobile, but I do believe Russ is going to have a phenomenal season this year. So that for me is kind of where I'm at. I do think that there's going to be a really, really good option for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts to provide something different, right? Like he's just a guy that can do so many things, but it just comes down to is can he put it together through the air? And that's the biggest problem. We know that Russ is going to be dynamite through the air with all of his receivers. And I hope that Jalen Hurts can figure that out. But if he gets extended, in my opinion, Hurts probably had a pretty good year. And I'd be willing to bet that he would be top, man, I don't know, top seven? Top six, potentially, because the guy that people are kind of overhyping right now is probably Joe Burrow, if we're being honest. 
Kyler, maybe a little bit, but he has that rushing floor. It's Burrow is the guy to me that can still fall a little bit if he doesn't have that super efficient year that he had last year, in my opinion. Now, Stone is asking the question here, is the sell window for Alvin Kamara in Dynasty now, given the delay of his suspension, he is creeping up in age? I think potentially. You know, potentially it, it could be a good sell window. I still believe in Kamara a lot. Like, I still love the talent. I think the conversation can be had. Would you sell him midseason? Would you sell him, you know, just before the playoffs, knowing that he's probably going to be spending next year? He's going to be, what, 27 years old, 28 years old, coming into his next season with a suspension. I don't know. I think the problem is, is that we need to see how they operate with Jameis Winston. And that will really tell me a lot as to whether or not I'm going to sell. Because Jameis Winston is not known for throwing to the running back. So that is a big issue for Alvin Kamara. You know, his value was so heavily tied to Drew Brees and his receiving game. But now bringing in Chris Olave, bringing in Jarvis Landry, having Michael Thomas back, and having a quarterback who isn't known for throwing to the running back position is going to be a bit of a problem for Alvin Kamara. And so at that point, you're looking for an extremely high touchdown ceiling from him. And so for me, you could sell him. But I think the question is, what is that price? Are you going to get multiple firsts for him? Maybe. I don't know if you will. I think that's the biggest problem is that as much as you may think Alvin Kamara could be worth multiple firsts, there was a point in the offseason where he was going like the fifth round of dynasty drafts. Should he go there anymore? Absolutely not. But you still have to remember that the pending suspension is looming. So you can't just ignore that, in my opinion. You still have to make the decision of, I'm taking this guy now, knowing that he could definitely be suspended next season. And so for me, that's kind of the biggest problem right now with Kamara. But he's obviously extremely highly, t- like the talent is there. We've seen what he can do on an NFL field. It's just, how does this new offense look? And how do they ultimately how do they ultimately operate amongst all the available options in the Saints offense? High six dynasty superflex startup. Who are you looking at picking at the sixth? Based on mocks, I'm looking at Hertz Murray or when people are starting to take Jefferson Taylor. How do you, how how about you personally? So I would be probably looking at a quarterback here. I think Murray would probably be my guy. If you're picking sixth, I think Murray would be the guy. Um, I've talked about a long time ago. Probably back in like March, we did Dynasty Startups and we talked about uh, the various draft slots. And I believe it was six or seven, right around where Dak Prescott was going at the time. I was like, I don't want this. There were six quarterbacks I wanted, and those were the guys I wanted. If I'm playing in a, especially in high stakes, Dynasty Superflex, I think you have to have a high end quarterback to compete. And so for me, that's the way I would be going. I would be taking the, the high end quarterback guy who I believe can be the QB1. Um, easily. Kyler Murray, it just comes down to is with all of the guys they have on offense, can they produce? Once they get Hopkins back, I think he could be really, really good this year. So for me, I would be taking Kyler Murray. I love Jalen Hurts, but I think we've just seen more from Kyler. QB1 potential. I don't think that I don't think that Hurts is quite there. I think he can get there from a just a rushing standpoint, but I think you want a guy that can do both, and Kyler is definitely that guy in my opinion. Now, Zach, super chat question. Thank you so much, Zach, for the super chat. I stand by the fact that Jimmy G's career as a starter in this league is over. Do you feel like Mayfield could be following a similar path if he fails in Carolina this year? Honestly, I don't. I think that someone's going to give Baker another shot regardless of what happens. I think that what people are seeing is that the Browns, for better or worse, are a terrible franchise. And I think to some regard, people will forgive Baker for that and give him another opportunity. Do I think he's going to fail in Carolina? I honestly don't. I, he's still the number one overall pick. I still think he can show the accuracy he displayed. I still think there's people who have that tantalizing upside of what Baker could be if everything hits. 
So for me, I do think there's a world where people do give Baker a second chance. Like people gave Sam Darnold another chance. People have given Jared Goff another chance who, again, high-end talent, but it was really the offense that kept him going. So that's where I'm kind of at right now. I think that in a lot of ways, we need to look at Baker Mayfield and say, he's probably going to get another opportunity. Where is it? How much of an opportunity is it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, do I think he goes Jimmy G's career path? It's tough. It's tough because I don't know if, if people view him as highly. At the time, Jimmy G was like the next quarterback in New England when Tom Brady retired and they ended up trading him away and keeping Brady for a few more years. So that's kind of the biggest issue. I don't know if Baker's going to be quite that route, right? Especially if he fails. If he succeeds, maybe. But in my opinion, I don't think that he's really got that in him overall. So let's get to the next question. What are your thoughts on Jalen Warren? Kid looks a baller to me and no one is talking about it. Obviously, he's not viable unless Najee goes down, but he looks like the clear cut too, in my opinion. Yeah, that was actually one of the, that was one of the reports that came out yesterday that Jalen Warren is operating as a number two running back, which is not great for my Anthony McFarland shares. I've been drafting this offseason, but you know, the biggest thing is like you mentioned, if Najee doesn't go down, he's basically irrelevant because we're talking about what, two, three, four carries a game. And that's just not going to get it done. So I think that's the problem is that if you were taking them, you know, Eric, uh, shout out Eric, Eric Vanek, um, in our Heisman discord, dude's been on Jalen Warren forever, talks about him every day. So for me, that's the biggest thing is like, if you don't already have them, you could try and buy them, but the price, it just keeps going up. It just keeps going up everything we're seeing. So for me, that's kind of where I'm at about Jalen Warren. I think you could, I think he's viable. I think he's a guy that you should probably roster one of the better handcuffs in fantasy football for sure but not a guy that I'm out here I have to have, right? And that's just where I'm at, I think, with Jalen Warren. Now, Gretchen's asking about concerns with Matthew Stafford's elbow. Uh, I do have concerns about his elbow. I think that it could be a problem down the stretch. And more importantly, we're looking at a guy who has dealt with injuries in the past. And so that's where I'm struggling a little bit with, with Matt Stafford because as talented as he is, as much as I think he's a great quarterback, if he has elbow issues, that is not good. That is, you know, you're talking about the, I think the comparison that I saw on Twitter was Big Ben back when he tore the same, the same muscles in his elbow, right? And so it's kind of the biggest problem is that how does this limit him? We saw what it did to Big Ben. It did not look good. Now, I don't think it's that bad for Matthew Stafford, but overall, I do think that he's going to be okay, but I am concerned about the ceiling. You know, we're talking about betting is over 4,700 passing yards, 40 something touchdowns that's going to be a bit of a problem. And I talked about this on the show, I think a few weeks ago, how Sean McVay seems like he's willing to lean on the running game a little bit more this season. They passed a lot out of necessity last year because they had so many guys hurt. They had Sony Michelle operating as their primary running back for part of the season. But if you have, you know, you have Daryl Henderson back and, and healthy, hopefully, Cam Akers back and healthy, hopefully, I think that can create a more balanced offense right now. And so for me, that's where I think you have, may have some ceiling concerns with Stafford is as good as he is. We may see them lean a little bit on the running game more, and that may take away from what we perceive his ceiling could be overall in fantasy football this year. Marlon, thank you for the super chat. You said great job. I appreciate it. So thank you. And then next question here, let's, let's scroll down, see who we find in here. Does Calvin Ridley go to Cleveland next year? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that Calvin is, uh, he's, I mean, I know he's a Florida boy. And so maybe he's one of those guys who wants to stay somewhere warm, play in a dome. He's not going to be in Atlanta. I'll tell you that. He is, he is not going to be in Atlanta. But 
we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not all in on Ridley. I mean, I like Ridley, but I, I don't know where he's going to go. I think that's the biggest problem. And honestly, you know what? Now that I think about it, are we really going to rule out Calvin Ridley coming back to Atlanta? If they pay him, they'll have Kyle Pitts, they'll have Drake London, they'll have CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. They got to have somebody at quarterback. And so at that point, maybe they do bring him back. But I don't know. I don't know. That's that's tough. That's tough. I, I think that, you know, I don't think he's going to be in Cleveland. I could see him going somewhere where he's going to win or maybe coming back to Atlanta for some reason. They give him a lot of money. That's just my opinion personally. But overall, I do think that we're going to see what happens with, with Calvin Ridley. And so let's get to Ice question. Who's your biggest trade in redraft this year? It's easy. It's Gabe Davis. Um, his price is way too high. I'm not buying into it. I'd rather have the slot receiver. Isaiah McKenzie or Jamison Crowder. I think they're just going to be more valuable. That's just my opinion, though. And so let's keep scrolling where we're at. Super chat question here. DB4331. Any 2023 free agents you're trying to buy low because of potential new situation? E- example, Christian Kirk last offseason. That is a tough question because I don't know who's a free agent. Let me think who's a free agent this year. <laughs> I'll have to get back to you on that one because I don't even know who's a free agent this year, who's who's pending. But yeah, Christian Kirk was a guy who was a, a really big buy for me last season because I believed that he was going to get a big contract. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I will have to get back to you, but we will talk about it later because I don't know who the hell is a free agent this coming season. Robert Kim, 12 teams, super flex, half one PPR, start 10. Give Herbert, Devonta Smith, 2023 20, second, or take Fields, okay, oh, oh, or take Fields, Lamb, and a 323 first. This is a, okay, this is a loaded question. So let's say that Herbert's worth three firsts. Let's just, let's just say it. How are you going to get three firsts for Herbert? All right, then you're looking at Fields and Lamb for Devontae Smith and a 2023 second. That to me is pretty easy. I think I'm taking Fields Lamb in the 323 first. I love Herbert. I just don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it to have all these guys. And again, I love Herbert. No disrespect to him, but I'm taking Fields Lamb and the 23 first. Um, the 23 class is maybe a little overhyped right now, but I still think there's a world where those three firsts are very, very valuable for you. I love Devontae Smith, but I'm taking the upgrade in CD Lamb. I'm taking the downgrade with Fields and picking up those three 23 firsts. Even have to give up a 23 second. I'm not too worried about that. From Taylor, super chat. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate you. Happy Friday, y'all. Been stuck on this one. Trying to compete. Which side? JT, T. Higgins, Darnell Mooney, Naeem Hines, or Jamar Chase, Javonta Williams. I'm assuming that's Rashad White. And a 2023 third. Hmm. That is tough. JT, T. Higgins, Mooney, Hines. Yeah. No, I'm taking JT, T. Higgins, Mooney, and Hines. Love Jamar Chase. But I think downgrading to T. Higgins is fine. Javante Williams versus JT, not even close. It's JT. And then you have the corpse of, you have Rashad White potentially and the 23-3rd. I'm easily taking Mooney over those guys. I don't love having JT and Hines. It's kind of redundant in my opinion. But again, you got to work with what you can work with. And so for me, that's kind of where I'm at. JT, T. Higgins, Darnell Mooney, Naeem Hines would not. And then I trade those. I would trade for those guys trading away Jamar Chase, Javante Williams, Rashad White, and a 2023-3rd. That's just where I'm at. So let's see. Who else we got here? Did I skip any super chats? Don't think so. Oh, here we go. Christopher, thank you for the super chat. How are you thinking the perspective 23 class matches up against the often lauded 20 class? It's not going to be as good. I, I, I can promise you that. It's not going to be as good. I think that in a lot of ways, 
the 20 class was ruined by the quarterbacks. As crazy as that sounds, um, we got some good running backs out of the class. We got some great wide receivers out of the class. And we got some so-so quarterback play. And I'm just trying to think, like, you look back to the 2017 class, that's like the last super class with all these running backs. The 2020 class was really good. And I think there's a world where, you know, they are the... I still think 2017 is the best class. 2020 was dope. I don't think 2023 can match up, though. I, I think that in a lot of ways, we love to see these guys and we love to see, you know, Bijan and we want to see Kayshawn Boutte and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And, but it's the quarterbacks. It, the quarterbacks are not going to live up to the hype, in my opinion. They're just not. They're just not going to live up to the hype that people expect of them. And, and Ray's been talking about this forever. The biggest problem is that none of these guys outside of Anthony Richardson and potentially Will Levis are going to be able to run for the fantasy points that we need to become a top 10, top 12, top 15 guy. That's the biggest problem is that as much as we may like these players, if they don't run, they may never hit that ceiling that we hope them to have. And so for me, that's the biggest problem right now is as much as I like the class, I think it's probably about seven, eight deep. My cutoff is about where Michael Mayer goes. When, when you got to take that tight end one, and I love Michael Mayer, don't get me wrong. I think that once you get that cutoff point, we're in okay territory. We're taking, you know, first and second down running backs. We're taking so-so wide receivers. We're taking some guys we don't really believe in. But I think we're a good seven deep if you count three quarterbacks or so, or maybe eight deep if you count three quarterbacks. So for me, that's kind of the problem is that the 20 class is so good and even continues to get better. I don't know if the 23 class can match up, and I think it's just because the quarterback play isn't quite there. So, super chat from Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, thank you so much for the super chat. 12-team PPR redraft with half-point tight end premium. Started Chase and Diggs. Round three, should I grab Pitts, Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, gone? Uh, yeah, I would. I would do that. I think that grabbing Pitts in the third round is a smash. Um, definitely do that. I don't, I don't even think I need to say any more analysis on that. Definitely, 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 definitely take Kyle Pitts. I've been a bit of a Kyle Pitts hater because I don't like to draft him in, in Dynasty especially, but uh, this is redraft. So in third round, I think Kyle Pitts is definitely a smash, especially with Waller gone. Pitts should be tight end three easily, 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 easily. He's not quite up there with Kelsey and Andrews in my opinion, but he's the easy third. I would 100% take him, especially if Waller is gone. Thank you, Cobra Kai, for your super chat. Now let's see what else we got here. Okay, I got to scroll, man. We way, way up here. Next super chat from Rojo Fish. Rojo. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Which side do you prefer, Mixon, AJ Brown, or Saquon and Higgins? Took Burrow first round. Oh, man. Give me a Saquon Higgins or a Mixon, AJ Brown. Um, Man, this is tough. So, okay, let's talk about the running backs first. Uh, love Mixon next year with the improvements to the offensive line for the Bengals. Obviously, do like Burrow. Love Mixon. I think what he could do. From he honestly could be RB1, and I don't think enough people are really talking about that. He runs the ball a lot. He's got a massive touchdown ceiling, and I think we could continue to see that this season. AJ Brown is really the X factor for me. I think I know what Higgins gonna, is going to do. I think I know what Saquon is going to do this season, but I don't know what AJ Brown is going to do, and I think that's what concerns me the most. He's still, you know, my wide receiver, what, three, four in Dynasty? Still love the talent. It's how is he ultimately utilized in this Eagles offense? There's been a lot of talk of him being the guy, him seeing the target share that we expect and demand from this wide receiver one who's being paid $100 million. But in this Eagles offense, we need to see them actually throw the ball 550, 600 times for A.J. Brown to really be effective 
Otherwise, we're looking at a guy who can see who will be a lot more touchdown dependent, in my opinion. So that's kind of the problem. As much as I love AJ Brown, one of my favorite receivers, trade for him all the time in Dynasty, him and Justin Jefferson are kind of like my two guys. I think I'd be taking the Saquon Higgins inside for me because as much as I love Mixon and I love AJ Brown, I think I much more know. I think I just know so much more of what I'm going to get from Saquon and Higgins. And you do get a little bit of youth there with Higgins. I believe Higgins is a year younger than AJ Brown and then Mixon and Saquon. You do get it. I believe that Saquon is a year younger too. So you do get a little bit less, but I'll take this. I'll take the Burrow Higgins stack and roll with Saquon as my RB1. Thank you for your super chat. Land this game to Gretchen. Jay Rich, you're the man, and get well soon, Ray G. You two do an amazing job. Love the wake-up crew. We love you, Gretchen. Thank you so much for being in the chat. Okay, let's get, let's get scrolling a little bit. Let's catch up to the chat. You guys are wilding today. Okay, this is an interesting one. Dylan Gibby Barkley or JJ Lockett Stafford. Dynasty, but single QB. So at that point, I don't even care about Stafford. Dylan Gibby Barkley. Okay, so we didn't even get into Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson apparently running kick return. Um, yeah, I don't know if Joe's in the chat today. I didn't see her, but <laughs> that's not good. So basically, I look at this as Dylan and Barkley for JJ and Lockett. And depending on format, that's probably a pretty good deal. I love JJ, man. He's dude is just a god. But if you're telling me you're going to give me Barkley and Dylan for him, <sighs> But in Dynasty, do I want Dylan? Do I want Barkley? Oh, man, that's so tough. That's so tough. It's so difficult to give up these running backs and just get JJ in return. I think if you have the running backs, I think you stick with them. As much as I love JJ, I think I'd want to tear up at wide receiver, not give up Barkley and AJ Dylan. I think you have to stick with those guys, in my opinion. What else we got here? What else we got here? Let's see. Mixon to Saquon, AJ Brown to Higgins. Oh, James, he prefers mixing the Saquon and Adrian Higgins. I, I get it. I get it. I'm not, I don't hate it. I'm fine with it. I just think that I know what I'm going to get from those guys. And so that's why I'm going the other way. Zach, how's it going, man? Herbert or Hurts and Devontae Smith and Damian Harris. So you're getting a small Eagle stack. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Herbert, Hurts, or Devontae Smith and Damian Harris. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You're getting the man. You're getting the prodigal son, Justin Herbert. But you're swip, swapping him out for Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, and Damian Harris. Damian Harris, is he's, he's a corpse. I don't want him. Don't need him. I uh, hope he gets traded. I want to see Ramondre Stevenson full go. But Hurts and Devonta Smith, it could be pretty good. But you're getting, you're getting that Herbert. You're getting that man, Herbert. I think I'm, I think I'm still taking Hurts, Devonta Smith, and Damian Harris. But... I do think it's an interesting trade. If that's a trade you want to go for, I don't hate it. What is Stone doing here? Stone dropping me a super chat. What are you doing with Barkley if he signs with the Giants? Oh, God. Can, do we have to talk about this timeline? Do we really have to talk about if Barkley signs with the Giants? Um, I hope he doesn't. I mean, unless he gets a massive contract, I hope he just leaves. I don't want to see him in the Giants. The Giants are terrible. Like, let's just be honest. There's three teams, I think, in the running for the worst team in the NFL. It's the Giants. It's the Seahawks, and then it's top, probably the Bears. Let's be real. That, that game yesterday just showed you why both those teams are god-awful. Texans, I think, will be good, but the Giants, I mean, I hope he leaves because I think the biggest thing here is that if we see, if we, if we see him come back to the Giants, are they going to give him the same workload that he was getting before? I think that's the biggest problem is that as much as 
we want to see him get that Christian McCaffrey massive workload. I hope he doesn't. I hope that they find somebody to give him some leeway in this offense because as much as we want him to be that full go guy, he has dealt with injuries. I'm not trying to say he's going to get hurt again, but let's try and limit those touches, manage his workload, especially when he gets that new contract. I hope he goes somewhere else. I think there's a lot of places that need a running back. Like if for some reason Miami wanted to spend up and go after Saquon Barkley instead of taking Bijan Robinson, I don't hate that move either. So, oh, she's here. Joe, thank you so much for the super chat. She said, Gibby, RB1, great job, Jay Rich. You did a whole show by yourself. I did. I did. I'm happy you guys joined me. It was a lot of fun. But I'm sorry, Joe. It is not looking good for your man, Antonio Gibson. I'm just, I got to keep it real. I, I, I like Antonio Gibson. Used to like him a lot. Now, not so much. Not so much. Javante Williams at 223 first. All right, Chris. Let's talk about Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon actually talked about to the reporters, uh, I think a few days ago, how the coaching staff wants Javante Williams to be the guy. They want him to be the guy. And... I don't know if I buy it, personally. I don't. I don't know if I buy it. They're coming from an offense that ran a two-back system for, what, the past, like, six years. Regardless of coaching staff, they've had two backs, always been involved. That's why we like A.J. Dillon this year in Dynasty and in Redraft, because he's going to be involved, and they're going to need him to be involved. And I think it's not much different in Denver. We've seen the coaching staff head over there, are in Denver now. Now, they do have Russell Wilson at the helm. We'll see if they ultimately do want to let him cook, but I don't necessarily believe it's going to happen. Talking about Javante Williams for two firsts, it's interesting conversation because early on in the offseason, Javante Williams was like RB4, first round pick. I remember telling Ray, I'm like, Ray, I don't know if this makes sense, man. Like, there's no reports that Mar- that Melvin Gordon is gone. There's no reports that he's going to be the guy. They're bringing in a coaching staff that's going to split carries more likely than not. And so I think you're looking at a guy who, while he's probably worth two firsts, I don't hate if you want to sell for that price or if you want to tear down from Javante Williams to a guy who is going to be productive but won't have that high ceiling. Like, if you're telling me you could tear down from Javante Williams to Joe Mixon, I would probably do that trade. Most people wouldn't, but I would probably do that trade because I believe that Joe Mixon will be equally productive. I know that he's going to be the guy. I don't have to worry about this potential committee of what could be for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I think, I think it's a fair trade, no matter which side you're on. If you have the draft capital to give away to go get Javante Williams for two firsts, I think that's a fine trade. Or if you want to sell him for two firsts, I don't mind that either. I'm pretty split on it. I'm not too sure which way I would go, but I think it's pretty fair for both sides. Super chat from DTOM5232. Looking cute in the picture, by the way. $5 super chat is Rashad Bateman for 112 and 204 in Dynasty. A good trade. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. I'm hoping this is a, if this is a 22 pick, then no. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. But, uh, you know, I've been the Rashad Bateman hater on this show. I don't know if he's going to get the volume. I don't really believe he's going to get the volume personally, but he's looked good so far. I'm excited for what he could be with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson coming back, playing for that new contract. I am excited. I am excited to see what he could be, but I just think the volume's not going to be there. So again, Ray's saying he wouldn't sell Williams for two random 23 firsts. I think you got to consider it personally, but I would not trade Rashad Bateman for the 112 and 204. Not my money. No, thank you. What did I say? Oh, Jeff, what did I say? Jeff, tell me in the comments what did I say. Oh, the cute picture thing? Come on. That's fine. That's fine. We're just we're just praising people here. Don't worry about it. Franz, 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 Franz. Water break. Oh, yes. Let's get the ASMR going. Mm. <sighs> 
my throat's so dry, y'all. We're just we're just rolling here. But thank you, five dollar super chat for the water break. Mm, appreciate you. All right, let's go. Next question. Next question. Who do we got here? Bateman. People talking about Bateman. Cut the preseason hype videos and take a drink. I don't got any preseason hype videos, man. I don't got any. I, I was too busy stressing about getting this show up and running. Oh, James, look at you. I love you, James. James made one of the best videos about our draft ever. We may have to link it in the description of this video. So good. James, my man, making a cut of our day one of the NFL draft. Awesome. Loved it. See, everyone's laughing now. Straight Chappelle. See, look, people, you just, sometimes you got to take a drink of water. Mm. Oh, so good. So good. But if you guys are done, if the questions are all over, you guys are excited and happy with what we achieved today. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Make sure you smash the like button. And, and more importantly, people, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Make sure you subscribe to the Patreon. Join the squad, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Look at that beautiful graphic. Oh, I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Let's ride. Let's ride, ride, baby. I'm excited. What is this? People are talking about BDG in the chat. Oh, no, that's not good. That's not good. Ray's talking about the newsletter. Yes, everyone, please go subscribe to the newsletter. It is out now. I don't know what was talked about. I was supposed to write something up for it. I never did it. I was too busy doing other things. I was making graphics for the show, but I hope you guys had a good day. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. Make sure you check out my videos for baseball. I did. I made three picks yesterday and they all hit home runs. So, I mean, am I a God? I don't know. Thoughts on ETN and J-Rob. Hmm. Okay. Let's talk about ETN and J-Rob real quick. Okay. So this is the problem here. Um, Doug Peterson is a, he's honestly, he's kind of an asshole. He's, he's not my friend. I don't like him. He's a guy who continually has RB committees and I hate it. J-Rob is saying he's going to be ready for week one. There's talks of him being ready for week one. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. ETN has not looked good so far running the ball and we'll see. I I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what's going on with this backfield. I think it's going to be a lot of J-Rob running the ball and a lot of ETN catching the ball. What does that mean for fantasy? It means that we're fucked. But that's just, this is the business that we play right now. Another super chat from Brian, $20. Got 323 first and 623 thirds. What running back would you go out and get? Team is close to compete. Hmm. Who would I go and get? Honestly, I don't, I think I would go the Scott Connor approach and just buy some dusty running backs. Go get Zeke Elliott if you can get him for a second round pick. Go get James Connor. Go get some of these guys that nobody wants. That's just where I'm at. I'm not going, I don't want to go out and pay all these 23 firsts to buy a guy who, again, will be productive, but maybe older. I just, I don't think that's the, that's the route I want to go personally. I think there's some older guys, and we talked about it actually. Um, this is hopefully in the newsletter. I found this yesterday on Prospects promo code Wake Up. Go smash Ezekiel Elliott's over. I believe it's 875 rushing yards. The lowest amount of rushing yards Ezekiel Elliott's ever had in his entire career is 979, and that includes his 2017 season when he did not play the whole year. So think about that for a second. Zeke, no one wants him. No one wants Zeke Elliott. I don't know why. He's a great running back. He's going to get a ton of work. Everyone wants Tony Pollard. Everyone wants all these guys. Go and buy Zeke. Like, Zeke is going to be very productive. Rubio's like, Zeke? Zeke? He's out here like, what? Yeah, what? No, yes, buy Zeke. Buy Zeke, please. 
He's going to be excellent this year. So definitely go out and get Zeke if you can get him for cheap. Because I think people don't want him. I think people are selling him. Dylan versus Kenneth Walker. I'm taking Dylan. It's not even close. I mean, just I'm sorry. Everyone, you like Ken Walker. That's cool. But I'm taking Dylan. I think Dylan's got a solidified role in a great offense on a great team. Massive touchdown upside. I would be taking AJ Dylan. And obviously, if there's an injury to um, Aaron Jones, dude is just going to skyrocket in ADP. Um, I actually saw a video of Elliot Chris talking about, I don't even know if this is out, but Amber sent me a video of Elliot Chris talking about his dark horse to lead the league in rushing. It's AJ Dillon. And he talked about how Green Bay is going to run the ball a ton. If Again, you're, you need an Aaron Jones injury, but if for some reason Aaron Jones gets injured, his odds would go from like 80 to 1 all the way to 15 to 1 to 20 to 1. So if you want a crazy dark horse lead the league in rushing, it is apparently AJ Dillon. That's just where we're at. Drafting or holding Watson in redraft or nah? Um, no, I'm not holding Watson. I don't want him. I don't think it's worth the risk. I don't think it's worth what you're going to get. Because again, you hold him for what? 13 weeks. He comes back, looks like dust. And then you're just holding on to some guy for nothing. And the biggest thing too, right? Is that some, in some leagues, so take a look at this. Because in some leagues, you can put suspended guys on your IR. So make sure you take a look at that. Because maybe there's a chance you could hold him for nothing. But if he's going to take up a roster spot, it's definitely not worth it. So I would be staying away from him if that was the case. Where did this go? What, what else we got here? Any other, any other questions we here? Yeah, Gene knows. I love AJ Dillon. He's the best. He's just, I mean, you see the quads. It, what more do we need other than the quads? The quads are there. Love him. Love him. Who do you take 103 and non-PPR redraft? Oh, are we talking? Are we really talking standard leagues on the wake-up show? We normally talk super flex, tight end premium, point per carry, and someone, Mr. Daniel here, didn't even send a super chat and said 103 PPR non-PPR. What does that even, is that standard? I I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't know, man. I I wouldn't take Najee Harris. Hmm. Third running back. Wouldn't take Najee Harris. Wouldn't, maybe, maybe it's Joe Mixon. Or actually, no, it's Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's the guy I would take. Uh, if it's standard, if it's standard, are we really going to, are we going to take, no, just take Joe Mixon because I believe in Joe Mixon. So we'll say Joe Mixon. Oh, we got another super chat. Let's go. Let's go. It, eight team. Eight Ridley, eight team, PPR, Ridley, and a 23 set, what, two 23 first for CD Lamb? I mean, I mean, oh man. Oh man, oh boy. Eight team league? You're selling, you're selling CD Lamb for 220. I mean, mean, CD Lamb, talk about overvalued. I don't know. I don't know, man. People are talking. People want me out of here. You know what? I will get out of here. I think it's time. I think it's almost time. NZ Max saying it. Eight teams? I mean, I don't even... Is that even a league? Is that just like a gathering of friends? I'm not really sure what we're doing here. Ray's laughing in the chat. Um, Daniel's having fun. I mean, it's not... No disrespect. It's just eight team. I mean, I, I don't know what we're doing here. It, it, we need to get you in a bigger league. Eight teams is just... We're not quite there. We're not quite there. I mean, I just, can we add some teams? Can we expand the league? Would I trade CD for two twenty-three first? I guess. I don't know. I like CD. I don't know if he's like going to be the best. I don't know where you guys are with CD Lamb. People think he's going to get like 150 targets. Maybe. He might. I don't know. I'm not all in on that. Super chat from Asay Brown West. Asai. Asay. How you doing? 
You have to close out after this question because we'll keep you forever. Aaron Jones in a second or Kamara. I'm taking Aaron Jones. I think they both have similar lifespan. I believe in Aaron Jones this season. I'll be taking Aaron Jones over Kamara. I think they have very similar upside, very similar things going on. Hubby or Damian Harris? I'm assuming this is Gibby or Damian Harris. And I would be taking, hmm, hmm. Uh, I think I'm taking Damian Harris. That sounds disgusting. That just sounds gross. I don't even like Damian Harris, but uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Lindsey Mack, yo, Jay Rich, you're getting paid this beautiful Friday. It is a beautiful Friday. I, I must say, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Friday. Beautiful, beautiful Friday. Thank you guys so much. It is. Uh, it means a lot. Hey, Ty, Jay Rich can finally afford those jorts. I might have to get them. Lindsey Mack saying Gibby or Burnt Toast. Honestly, guys, I'm going to keep it real. Burnt Toast, underrated. Underrated food. But I'd probably still take Antonio Gibson. I'd probably still take Antonio Gibson. Again, I just, this is where I'm at. James saying I ought to go one more minute. He's asking one more minute. Drinks on me. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Chris is asking how burnt we talking. I'm talking straight charcoal, my guy. Like, it just looks like it's been sitting out there. It's been in the toast for hours. You know when you put on the toast and you kind of forget about it? So, I see, I have a toaster oven. So, it's easy for me to throw on the toaster oven and just completely forget about it and then leave it in there. Ray G calls me. Someone calls me. Someone needs help with something. I mean, it's happening. You just leave it there. Next thing you go back, it is burnt to a crisp. Rubio, $10 super chat. Who will eventually be the Chiefs wide receiver one this year? In my opinion, it's actually Juju Smith-Schuster. If we're not going to cop out and say Travis Kelsey, that's just my opinion. But again, this is where we're at. Jay doesn't want this to end. And that's that's true. It's been a good time. <laughs> what? What's the best place to eat in Ottawa? That's a great question, Jeff. I should have a better answer for you because I did go to school there for five years. Um, hmm. I don't know, man. This there's there's a just go to the market. If I could recommend anything, go to the market, pick a restaurant. Uh, there's tons of great restaurants downtown. What they're called, man, I don't know. I, I I don't remember, but there's some good ones down there. Lindsay Mack saying these are the best shows. I agree, Lindsay Mack. It is one of the best shows we've ever done. So again, Ray saying Juju. Jay is saying, what are we doing here? I think it's about time we wrap it up. I think it's about time we wrap it up. I'm asking questions about a place that, oh, look at this. Patrick, keeping me here for a few extra seconds. Jay Rich killing it. Here's to the Canadian Tuxedo Fund. Mm, thank you. Appreciate you guys so much. Okay, so it's time for outros now. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a good time. It's my first time hosting the Wake Up Show, and I really appreciate you all for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for watching. Subscribe to the newsletter. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to everything you got to subscribe to. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Drop me a like and make sure that you comment for the algorithm because Ray needs to know that I did a good job. So make sure that you go and comment after the show. Jay Rich did a good job. We need him back. Oh, God. Packers wide receiver one. Alan Lazard. Boom. Done. Quick. Quick and easy. But we'll be back on Monday. I don't know what we're doing. But we'll probably talk preseason. We'll do the rookie report, all that fun stuff. Ray will be back, hopefully, finally, and we will have some fun. But thank you guys so much for watching. I will see you guys later, and I'm out. Peace. (laughs)